It's very comfortable, too. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, there are probably some things you shouldn't put on Facebook. But I just wanted to be an inspiration to all you guys. I mean, yesterday, Margaret goes, I want to go shoe shopping. And I go, well, I'll go with you. <laughs> and one of us found a pair of shoes that we liked. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this Wednesday, of course, is July the 4th, and we won't be having a regular uh, gathering here on Wednesday night. In fact, we won't be having a regular gathering here any of the Wednesdays in July. And if you've been around for the last few weeks, you've already heard that announcement. Uh, last Wednesday night, I think, probably made up for a whole month worth of Wednesday nights. And it, it was... It was, it, was, it was smoking. It was terrific. It was, it was really good. And then the first Wednesday night in August is going to be hot as well. I probably shouldn't use that word today, should I? Uh, <laughs> but it's going to be a praise night, and, and it, it's going to be terrific. So I encourage you to, to... During the Wednesday nights in July, if you normally come and gather here, you have an assignment. And the assignment is... Go find a sinner. Yeah, take them to dinner or something. Invite them over. And, and I'm serious. Uh, it's, it's a good time to, to go do what Jesus did and um, hang out with some disreputable people with soft hearts. Yeah. Or you can hang out with uh, the people that you live with. If I didn't even know where I was going to go, so I just thought I'd let you go there. But anyway, this morning, uh, we're going to talk about freedom, true freedom. Last, last Sunday, uh, <laughs> I understand that when I move away, you've, you, there's eyes up there looking at everybody. Just, just wanted to, we'll, we'll try to fix that, but for today, just deal with it, okay? Uh, last Sunday, Kevin basically spoke on the same topic. And, and, but when I gave him that topic, he said, are you going to still preach on it to us? Yeah, we're not going to say the same things. We're going to come at it from different directions because that's the way the Holy Ghost does things. Unless you need to hear it twice, in which case we would have said the same thing. But that's up to him too. He can do, he can do what he, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. He can, he can do what he wants to do. Would you stand with me? We're going to read a passage in John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. Why is this not working? Aha. If this doesn't work, you're going to have to look at me so I can tell you when to change things like now. What about now? Do we not? Okay. Did I do that? No, I guess you're going to have to do that. Okay. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Hold that, uh, because we're going to read that last sentence again. I want Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins 
is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence and power and the persistence of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would persistently pursue us today and that that you would quicken us, that you'd make us alive to what you want to say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, there we go. This week we celebrate the 236th anniversary of our nation's independence from Great Britain. How many of you knew that? Okay. You're good at math. Um, Actually, in June of 1776... This guy, Richard Henry Lee of Virginia, presented a resolution before the Continental Congress that they uh, declare independence from Great Britain. And on July the 2nd of 1776, the Congress passed that resolution, thereby declaring us independent from the motherland Great Britain. And... John Adams thought that July the 2nd, therefore, would be the day that everyone would celebrate henceforth and forevermore in his, in his private conversations, in his private writings, as our day of independence. But it didn't work out that way, did it? Uh, the, uh, Mr. Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, on, uh, presented a document before Congress, and after a little bit of debate on July the 4th, they actually passed this document known as the Declaration of Independence. Now, it didn't happen like this because it took a month, really, for everybody to sign it, but that's okay uh, because that's really kind of what art does sometimes is it takes things that, that happen over a protracted period of time or things that happen that look one way and shows us, shows us a, an encapsulated version of, of what, it, what, it's, what it's really like. And what a document it was that this man, Jefferson, presented. Um, Probably the most famous portion of it is, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Wow. That's strong stuff. Uh, those, those 17th century North Americans knew how to turn a phrase. They knew how to, they knew how to com- write a complete sentence. <laughs> of course, that wasn't the, the first uh, opening statement of the document. The opening statement, actually the opening paragraph, which itself was one sentence, is, well, the first few words are fairly famous. We went in the course of human events... It becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Think about how politicians used to talk. <laughs> and then, you know, I look, at, I look at a sentence like that, and then I think about 
you know, news conferences today and the kind of, and on one level it's funny and on another level it just makes you want to weep, yeah. actually, when, it, when you get right down to it. Uh, so, the Declaration of Independence was passed on July the 4th, 1776, and by the middle of August it had been signed. But clearly these are just words. They had to be backed up with sacrifice. They had to be backed up with war. And actually the war lasted for eight years. It began before 1776, began in 1775 at Lexington and Concord. Ended in 1783, the Treaty of Paris that was signed. Uh, actually, that was over a year after Cornwallis had surrendered to Washington at Yorktown. Uh, oftentimes we think of that as being the end of the war. It essentially was the end of hostilities, but not officially the end of the war. Uh, the colonists brought together 217,000 troops, and of that number, 4,435 perished in battle, just over 2%, gave their lives so that we could be free, right? But not everyone was free yet, were they? January the 1st, 1863, Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. It was an executive order. Uh, it wasn't anything that Congress passed. It was something that he, as president, declared. And in fact, it was really an order to the troops that when they went into these certain areas, and when they went into to, uh, to, to any of the, the areas of the Confederacy, save one, which I'll mention in just a second, that, uh, that any slaves in those areas were to, were to be free. Uh, it freed approximately 3.1 million, 3 million of the 4 million slaves in the country. It did not free slaves in Missouri, Kentucky, Maryland, and Delaware because Missouri, Kentucky, Maryland, and Delaware had not seceded from the Union. So the slaves in those states were still slaves. And interestingly enough, because of where we're located, it did not free slaves in Tennessee either. Because even though Tennessee had not been readmitted to the Union yet, it was essentially under Union control. And Abraham Lincoln, even Abraham Lincoln, did not want to tick off the local government so much that they would not continue to help support the cause. It did not outlaw slavery. It did not grant citizenship to the freedmen. But it was an important step. It was an important document. Slavery was outlawed by the 13th Amendment in December of 1865. Slavery still exists in this country. It's illegal, but it exists. Legal doesn't fortunately have a whole lot to do with it. Even when the Civil War was finished, the former slaves were still free in name only for the next hundred years. Or so some of you are old enough to be part of my generation and remember the uh, Jim Crow laws and stuff that that were present in the south I was a sophomore in high school when uh, Nashville uh, officially integrated the schools and you know nowadays it's almost impossible to conceive of what it was like before then because that it was strange it was really weird when that when that took place it was a seismic shift in our culture the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964 and succeeding laws under the Johnson administration got things going but even then there was a lot of struggle there was a lot of sacrifice there was a perhaps not a declared war but there was a lot that was needed on August the 28th 
of uh, 1963, Martin Luther King gave his famous I Have a Dream speech uh, on the steps of the Washington, not the Washington, it was in Washington, but on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And uh, it's called I Have a Dream speech, but uh, my favorite part's actually what he ended with. It could be also called a Let Freedom Ring speech, because he, he ended it up with, uh, so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. And my favorite sentence, let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi. Who knew there were hills in Mississippi, but certainly molehills. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. We talk a lot about freedom in our sweet land of liberty. The land of the free. But do we really know what we are talking about? Do we really know that of which we speak? We are a, a freedom-loving people with proud traditions of freedom in our heritage, but we're really no different from the Jews, from the Jews that Jesus was talking to in the passage that we read. When we speak of freedom, we're, we're, usually, uh, we're usually only going about creek deep in a subject that's ocean deep. And if any of you don't know what creek deep means, creek deep means probably about up to the ankles. And if it's a real serious creek, it might get up to the knees occasionally. But that's about all a creek will do. And that's usually about as far as we get into freedom when we're really talking about freedom. But there's so much more that God is talking about. And even when we're, even when we're, in, in, even when we're in the creek, we're still have areas of severe blindness and selective memories. The Jesus, Jesus said to the Jews, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they go, hey, we're Abraham's children. We've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we'll be set free? <laughs> never been slaves, huh? Abraham's children. Well, what, what about that four centuries in Egypt that they called... Egyptian bondage and maybe even more recently when all of the northern tribes were forcibly exiled by the by the king of Assyria that that was a captivity of sorts and then of course there, even here in Judah there was that 70 year period in Babylon it wasn't like everybody decided hey let's all go to Babylon it's it's the fourth of July we need to take a holiday no they it, they were in captivity during that time and we tend to have selective blindness ourselves even when we're talking about creek freedom even at that even at, even at that period of time they were in their own land but they were clearly under the the political domination of of rome but jesus was jesus wasn't talking about anything so passing as political freedom and, and I, I praise god for political freedom it's great it, it really is. I'm, I'm thankful 
to live in a country where there's a lot of political freedom. But truth of the matter is, better to live under, uh, uh, under tyranny and be free inside than to live in the most libertarian democracy in the world and, and be all bound up inside. Because you can't, you can't get free when you're that. It's, you're just, just fooling yourself. I said slavery still exists in America, and, and it does physical slavery actually exist in terms of sex trafficking and virtual slavery. For many of those, you know, uh, the, the term illegal immigrant has, has certainly a pejorative term in our, in our culture. A lot of those people uh, literally live in slavery because of the people that helped them get here. And because of the, well, I, I, don't, I don't want to go into political stuff here. But uh, not, only, not only that, but give me another one here. Uh, physical slavery in terms of uh, drug use, including alcohol, and probably the most serious drug problem in the nation, prescription drugs that, uh, that people take. We're slaves to, to debt. We're slaves to food. We're slaves to porn. We're slaves to greed. And let me throw another one out. We're also slaves to the sofa. Have you ever, you ever get on the sofa and you got, your, you got your, your thing in your hand and it's working better than this one is? <laughs> got your little clicker there and you got your beverage sitting over here and you got your entertainment there in front of you and uh, you might not even like what you're watching. So let's see what else there is. Ah, I don't like that either. Let's see, well, maybe I'll like this one again. No, that's, oh, sh did I do that? <laughs> okay, I'm ready to preach now. <laughs> and you're sitting there, and the next thing you know, I mean, two hours have gone by. You haven't watched anything. You're just, you just can't move. And you know what? You're going to do it again tomorrow night. Slaves to sin. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And this is far worse than any political enslavement. It's far worse than any, than any physical enslavement that a person could be in. Everyone who sins is a slave. That's why it stopped and had us read that again. Because normally when we read that passage, the thing that we come out of it with is, whoever the Son is set free is free indeed. And that's great because, that, that, yes, that's, that's, a, that's a ooh. But we tend to hop over the line that says, whoever sins is a slave to sin. We kind of hop over that one. Let's get to the free indeed thing. Well, then why don't we deal with the issue? Why don't we deal with, what, with, with what's right here in front of us? Slavery is not the intended condition of the believer. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Yeah, that, that, that first sentence, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, that's kind of a head-scratcher, isn't it? it is it? <laughs> the, uh, but, but I've been thinking about that. And I think basically what he's saying is that freedom in and of itself is wonderful thing it's an it, it it's a power it is so important to be free that god considered it so important 
that we be free, that he allowed us the freedom to, to fall and to sin, even though he knew that there would be thousands of years of misery after that. Why? Because it was so important that we be free. And it's so important that we be free that Christ died to set us free. It, it's enough reason in and of itself. Freedom is a worthy thing. Christ did not come to bring us into bondage. And this is, this is one of the areas where the church gets a bad rap, and, and oftentimes deservedly so. Because oftentimes, when, when I was away from the Lord, uh, the church was one of the biggest stumbling blocks I had to come back to the Lord. Because I thought, man, if I, if I go there, if I, if I do this, then I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do, I can't do almost anything that I enjoy doing. And I'm going to have to look like this, and I'm going to have to wear that, and I'm going to have to go there. And just, there was just so much that seemed to be, so much baggage that seemed to come along with it, that it kind of begins to remind you of Jesus saying to the Pharisees, you tie up heavy loads and you put them on men's backs, and you do nothing to take those loads off of them. We're not, a, we're not supposed to be tying up heavy loads and putting them on We're supposed. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim freedom to the captives. Freedom to the captives. And, that, and that's what it's supposed to be. Over in Galatians, uh, later on in that chapter 5, 13, he says, you brothers were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. Now, this is where a lot of people get tripped up because they go, wait a minute. When you're free, that means you just do anything you want to do. When I was away from the Lord, uh, my late teen years into my, into my mid-20s, I thought, you know, I grew up, I grew up in kind of a, a restricted sort of church kind of culture. And so when I hit that, that period where I could just go, man, I, I just went. And let me just tell you, this was the late 60s and early 70s, Okay. And it was, I was just rolling along, you know. And I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought, man, this is it. This is living. This is great. I can do anything. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an adult. I can, I can eat sugar. And I can do anything I want to do. And, you know, it, and, and basically did. But by the time that I got ready to come back to the Lord, I was so miserable because I could, and I, and I, and it, man, it made me mad because all I was doing was what I wanted to do, yeah. I thought, and, and it was making, it was killing me. It's killing me. I was, I was miserable. And so when I came to the Lord, it was like, I, I still remember it. When I finally laid all that down and just came to him, it was like, <gasps> whoa, hello, world. Hello, everybody out there. Wow, this is, oh, that's what air smells like. What? Oh, look, there's grass. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's better to walk on it than smoke that stuff. You know, this is, yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, here's the thing. 
do not use your freedom to indulge a sinful nature. It's because you can't, if you do that to indulge, you lose your freedom. It's like saying don't use your sobriety to indulge binge drinking. Because if you binge drink, guess what happens to the sobriety? It's gone. And if you indulge the sinful nature, guess what happens to the freedom? It's gone. It's not a matter of trying to restrain you. It's a matter of trying to keep you free. Instead, use use it to serve, love one another. (laughs) I love this church. And, And Wednesday night is one of the reasons why I love it. Because, and I'll tell you what I like about Wednesday. I mean, what I like about Springhouse Presents or Swack Factor or Essays Got Talent or whatever we happen to call it. Who knows what we'll call it next year. But one of the things that I like about it is I, not everybody is good. I mean, this year they were, okay. But, uh, but yeah, they were. I, I think this was across the board. This was, yeah, this was the best. But, but not, not everybody's good, you know. And uh, anybody can get up here and do anything that they, that they want to do. And some of them have tremendous talent. And they get up here and, and do whatever they want to do. And, and some of them get up here and do whatever they want to do. And, uh, but the thing that I love is out there. Because of the people who come and sit, it doesn't matter. They're going to they're gonna clap for you. They're going to love on you. They're going to they're gonna cheer for you. They're going to... They're gonna, you know, stand and whistle and everything. And it just feels so good because that's serving and loving one another. You know, you want to sing that song for me? Well, I'll listen to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and it feels so good. It feels so, there's such a release. It feels, it feels so free. This freedom that we have has great benefits to it. Romans 8, 20 and 21 says, For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Our freedom results in us not being subject to decay. Now, you may have to look with spiritual eyes on that because you may, you may look at me and you may go, I uh, hate to tell you. <laughs> no, 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 look, it's okay. It's cool. I mean, I, I'm fine with it. I, 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 a few years back, I played golf with, uh, at a tournament for a, a, an old pastor, uh, an old pastor, pastor that a guy who used to be my pastor. And... Uh, <laughs> And there was a bunch of people who came to the tournament I hadn't seen in years. And I remember turning to one of them and, uh, and saying, you know, some of these guys have, have aged quite a bit. And I remember him turning to me and going, really? <laughs> yeah. But the truth of the matter is, I mean, you know, when I look in the mirror, I may go, who are you? But in here, boy. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, it's alive. I, I, I've mentioned several times, uh, the last time Margaret and I went to the church that she grew up in, going to, a, to a, uh, a Sunday school class with a bunch of old guys, a bunch of guys in their 50s and 60s. And, uh, and, they, uh, and one of them, they got somehow to talking about somebody and, and talking about them being 
I was going to say pretty or good looking. I don't even remember if it was a man or a woman. But I, but I remember one of the guys saying, the older I get, the better everybody looks. And I'm thinking, man, that is, that is so wonderful. Because that's not the way everybody sees it. But somebody who walks with the Lord, somebody who walks in a freedom, so, somebody who isn't all bound up inside about, well, what? I've got one of those, you know. Somebody who's, who's okay with, somebody's okay with going to heaven and getting a glorified body one of these days, you know. Then, it, then it's okay to look around and go, yeah, I used to look like that. The older I get, the better everybody looks, yeah. Any, any, anyway, uh, those, those who would say, but we still grow old and die, they're, they're, they're ones who think it all ends here and, and in which case there's no meaning to anything anyway. I choose to believe that there is meaning and, and our freedom in Christ sets us free from being subject to decay. Through his great and precious promises, we are enabled to escape the inevitable corruption that is in the world. How do we exercise this freedom? First of all, very quickly, let me say, uh, beware. You need to read 2 Peter chapter 2. It's about false prophets and false teachers in the church. And uh, in the early service, Michael Frazier presided over communion, and he mentioned, he mentioned uh, a Wednesday night class he had been in where they'd been studying the book Pierlandra, which is a, a novel. And he was saying, you know, there, I, I think there was better, more solid theology in that novel than in a lot of Christian self-help books that, that I've read lately. And I yelled out, Amen! And I don't normally do that. But he hit one of my hot buttons because... You know, I'm not saying that all the Christian self-help stuff is bad because there's, there's some that's good. I'm just saying that in, in 2 Peter chapter 2, you'll, you'll find some descriptions of some of those. He starts out by saying that there are false prophets and false um, uh, among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them. Their destruction has not been sleeping. Their, their primary distinguishing characteristic is greed, by the way. Other marks are arrogance, adultery, experts in greed. Down in verse 18, he says, For they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. In other words, basically, he's saying that the people who are really susceptible, big time, are those who come into the kingdom looking for shortcuts. People coming into the kingdom going, is there a quicker way to get there than investing hours of my life in reading the Word? Is there a quicker way to get there than, than going step by step, day by day, week by week? Yes, sir, right here. Read this one. Watch this one. And, there, and there's plenty of that out there. But here's, here's, where I was gonna, here's where I really wanted to get to it. They promised them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. So beware, it's not just... There's, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of snake oil being sold that promises freedom. And here's the thing. See, snake oil, the original snake oil was good stuff. 
It actually worked. The original snake oil actually was tea tree oil from, uh, from Australia. And, and that's exactly what the Aussies would use for, for snake bites. And when they first came over here with it, it, it was working. What, the way it got a bad reputation was from people who would take the original stuff and then mix a whole lot of other stuff in with it and dilute it down and go, here you go. Because, see, that didn't work. It never does. Here's the way it happens. Here's the way you exercise freedom in the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You cannot escape the power of the flesh by using the power of the flesh. I grew up hearing the phrase, you got to fight fire with fire. I don't know if they say that anymore. I hope they don't because it's stupid. That's not how you... That's not how you do it. Now, I, I understand the strategy, you know, of doing burn-offs and stuff. To, but I, I promise you, those guys out in, in Colorado are not starting fires to, to put that fire out. you got to smother that, that sucker. you you gotta, you got to bring the opposite of what it is against it in order. You know, you don't fight pride with pride. You fight pride with humility. You don't fight greed with greed. You, you, wealth doesn't cure greed, it just feeds greed. You fight greed by generosity. Yeah, you thought I was going to say poverty, didn't you? No, it's gen generosity is the way that you fight greed. And, and so, <laughs> you know, okay, let me, I got to, this is, in every area that you have control, you're in bondage. Every area of your life that you control, you're in bondage. It's only the areas where he has control that you're free. Those, those, those are the only areas. See, where, where you have control, uh, <laughs> it's also called willpower. Sometimes you get... And you're kind of going, well... You know, I got, we tend to think, I got that. I, I can handle that. I, I've got that one. I've got that one under control. No, you don't. It's got you. You may not be doing it, but you're dealing with it every day. It's only when he's in control that you're able to go, Whew. yeah. And it is such a fun way to live. It is such a wonderful way to live when, when, when you're able to do that. You know, when you're able to go, you know what? I don't think I'm going to sit on the sofa tonight. I think, I think, I think I'm going to dance. I think I will get up and twirl around. I think I will go outside and pet my dog. I will, I, I will, I will talk to my wife. I will, you know, do something that I don't normally do, you know. Giving is an area, oftentimes, you know, where we, when we totally give it to him, it's not something you even think about. It really isn't. Kind of go, well, do I have this under control or does he have this under control? That's one of the things. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever think about giving anymore. I just, if, if I mean, I know it's going to happen, and if he tells me to do something, I'll do it. It's just that simple. Yeah. And it's free. 
It's such a freeing way to live. It's, it's such a wonderful way to live. And then slavery exists, but it is not a racial issue. It is not an economic issue. It is not a gender issue. It is a human issue. And the only emancipator is Jesus Christ. And the agency through which that emancipation takes place in our lives is the Holy Spirit of God. It's not your willpower. It's not trying to tow a line. It's not carrying a burden. It's releasing. Ironically, the only way to be free is to surrender. It's to surrender. It's only when you surrender and let go that you're able to be free. Would you stand with me? Those who are going to pray with people, come down front. If you're, if you're here today and you need prayer for something, you come. And especially if you need to be released from some kind of bondage in your life. And almost hesitate to say that because I think sometimes people will then think, well, I better not go down. Everybody will think, what's the bondage I'm in? But uh, you can come for anything you want. But if you've got an area of your life that's in bondage, you don't have to put up with that. But you can't deal with it by yourself. You've got to release it. You've got to release and surrender to the Holy Spirit. Because he's way more powerful than any stronghold that exists in your life. Way more powerful. We're going to worship for a few moments. We'll wait for you. If you need to come, you come.
raise your hand and give you a blessing. To the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent his Son into the world so that we might have freedom, who sent his Spirit into the world so that we might live in and exercise that freedom. May his Spirit be real in you. May he have control of your life. May you walk in the grace and joy of those who are truly free through Jesus Christ our Lord.